Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeff C. And I'm Grace Duffy. And we are excited to be joined today by Michael Sanchez. And we're going to be exploring TikTok officially opening its self-served ad platform to all advertisers globally and TikTok for Business, TikTok's new marketing solutions hub for brands. Now, if you don't know who Michael Sanchez is, he runs michael.consulting and tiktokmastermind.com. And he is the only TikTok growth expert with thousands of proven results and case studies. And you can see them for yourself at mytiktokresults.com. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited. When you guys reached out, I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to hop on this. Hopefully give some information from the content side, from the business side, the ad side. And then what everybody probably wants to talk about is more the privacy and the data and maybe what TikTok's doing and you know what the future is. So, yeah, pretty, pretty excited about that. Well, this is going to be an awesome show. So, Grace, let's just get going right off the bat. So talk about this new self-serve ad platform that a lot of people are excited about. Yeah, so last week, TikTok officially opened its self-serve ad platform, which it's been testing with select brands for the last couple months, but this is the official launch where now any advertiser can directly buy and manage campaigns all without the help of contacting TikTok sales team. Uh, This is a big key in TikTok turning itself from a short video sharing app to a viable advertising business platform and to uh, lure more advertisers or lure advertisers to the platform. They are, in fact, reportedly providing $100 million in advertising credits specifically to small businesses. They are looking to court ad dollars from these small and medium-sized businesses, which, of course, is Facebook's key off market when they're uh, when they're selling their advertising. Similar move was made by Snapchat a couple weeks ago, except they were targeting more local businesses. And again, Snap, which opened up their own uh, self-serve advertising platform back in 2017, attributes it to its accelerated revenue growth as a company as it's seen more increased engagement over the last uh, few years. Now, TikTok says that with access to the self-serve platform, the advertisers will have access to creative tools, flexible budgets, and performance targeting. And they also assured us that advertisers and ads will undergo a thorough review and approval process. So, Michael, can you tell us Anything about this review process? Like what is TikTok looking for in advertisers and what type of ads are they permitting versus not permitting? Do they have any hard and fast rules around that? Yes, it's a really, really good question. I would say 
especially with the climate right now, what TikTok's happening and you know the news and all that stuff, they're pretty, pretty strict with their ads. It's not to say that you won't get permitted, but f- I found about you know seven out of 10 ads will get disapproved from the actual approval process for a variety of reasons. So they're really strict right now in terms of like what you're putting out, what you're trying to claim, what you're trying to do, even the, so much so like the actual content itself, you know, like, hey, you're making some assertions here that aren't really, you know, founded. They're kind of like, you know, just you kind of making kind of like Facebook back in the day, you know, like lose 20 pounds with this pill or something (laughs) like that. Like, you know, TikTok is pretty much doing the exact same thing. I guess the simplest way to really put it is that whatever's really happening on Facebook, TikTok is pretty much on that same front of, you know, strictness or what's getting proven, not approved, and maybe even a little bit more stricter just because, again, I think they want to make sure that the content, one, resonates with the audience, two, it doesn't come off as like, you know, something sketchy and could possibly have some negativity in the actual news of like, oh, this ad got approved for Botox or whatever. And then there's a younger demographic and, you know, Mm -hmm. that stuff doesn't really work too well. I have noticed though, and I think this was all social platforms before they weren't allowed, you know, selling masks despite that. Now they kind of rolled that back. Um, health related things, they were really strict on it before. Now they kind of rolled that back a little bit in terms of, you know, medical things like gloves, again, masks and all those types of like, yeah, it's pretty much more or less the same as Facebook and Snapchat in terms of their approval process and the wait time and stuff like that. One thing I would say, though, is because everybody just clambered onto the platform when it opened up to pretty much everybody in the U.S., you will probably see some ads get disapproved. Full disclosure, I can't really say too, too much in specific details because I have NDAs signed with different clients. But one thing that we do with myself and the team is that if we see an ad get disapproved, we'll look at the message and we'll really, really like break down why it got disapproved. Then we'll go find out or, you know, kind of have some backup to it. Like, hey, you know, you said it was this, but here's our reason why it shouldn't be approved or disapproved. And then we'll email that to them and then kind of present our case to them. And most of the time if we do that, they'll just kind of approve the process pretty much instantly because they're like, okay, they actually brought a case to us. They're showing us like recently we got something disapproved because we showed too much skin. Or like, well, you know, the ad's about beauty and it's about makeup and you know it doesn't show anything that's nude and i understand maybe you got flagged the ai for showing tumor skin but it's a cheekbone (laughs) it's it's fine you know (laughs) and i just 100 got approved right away they just said sorry so if you are experiencing that and your things aren't getting approved highly suggest just copying pasting whatever the disapproved message was say why you think it's wrong and then just be kind be nice i mean they're getting pretty flooded right now with a lot of things, you know, ads and safety and policies and all that stuff. So yeah, it's not, it's not too bad, honestly. So how long does the approval process usually take? I I know you mentioned that a lot of people are jumping on. And so I'm sure that it's longer right now, but is there like an average time that people can wait and see when their ads are approved or disapproved? Yeah, I think, I don't want to say that they show favoritism, but if you're a bigger brand with a bigger budget and you have a higher tier rep, like a tier one, mm-hmm. then obviously you're going to get approved very, very quickly. But if you're brand new, let's say tomorrow you're about to jump on the platform, usually it's about two to five business days where you'll get the actual approval removed or, you know, maybe you just get a response saying, no, sorry, you know, it's just what it is, what it is. But right. yeah, it's usually pretty quick. It's pretty much honestly about the same speed as Facebook. I mean, I'm still waiting for some ads to get approved from Facebook for like a month ago and I never heard back from it, but they're pretty quick, to be honest, considering, you know, how small the team is, how quick the actual platform rolled out, you know, it's still growing. It's still in its like infancy stages, but um, yeah, they're, they're pretty quick, about one to five business days, just depending on what your budget is, maybe what your history is. If you're brand new, then it might be a little bit longer. If you're a little bit more of a OG on the platform, you know, you're going to be a little bit more quicker to get a response. 
Gotcha. So we're going to talk about, I know there's a lot of questions I see in the comments already. There's a great question here, though. We're going to talk about the political stuff a little bit later and, you know, the kind of the privacy stuff. But we have a great question here from Irene, and she goes, will TikTok self-serve ads work best for branding or tactical marketing ads? Honestly, I'm going to say both. Now, one of the things I think most people aren't aware of is there's two different types of ads that you could buy. There's the auction one and then there's the fixed buys. There we go. The fixed buys are the ones like the in-feed video ads, the brand takeovers, the hashtag challenges. Those ones are incredibly good for brand awareness and and also tactical, but more brand awareness where the self-serving auction ads like that is more for actually like making sales, maybe just driving traffic to other offers because, you know, TikTok has pixels and all that stuff that you can retarget, give them to your Instagram, give them to your Facebook, wherever you want to get. And then you can kind of do a retargeting sequence after the fact. But it's going to be a stupid answer. But honestly, I would say both. It just depends on your strategy and your tactics and more so what your offer is because a lot of times when I'm doing the self-serving auction ads, what I'm doing before that is I'm doing, I'm doing an influencer campaign and I'm using that user-generated content from the influencers to run as an ad so that people are just like, when they see that, oh, I know this, I've seen this campaign, I've seen this before organically, and now they're seeing the actual ad follow-up to it where that's a little bit more tactical. You know, It's not so much just putting up an ad for you know capturing some kind of an email or something like that. Not that they don't work, they definitely do, but I think it really depends on what your your real game plan is, what your blueprint is. If it's something that's very simple, going direct top of funnel awareness, or if you're really trying to nurture it and kind of, you know, position yourself as more of like, this is the brand that you want to do that's associated to whatever might be cell phone cases or some kind of cool random thing like AirPods. I don't know if you guys seen like AirPod cases where you can right. brand yourself. Right. Like that would be really, really good for the auction because you just see something cool and hip and you're like, oh yeah, awesome. I definitely want to buy that. Why not? So I think it just depends on what the outcome is and how much you want to nurture and what is the like, you know, actual product, I guess you could say. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I have a question, and it actually came from my own personal Facebook page where I shared this. Uh, my friend Matt, he works for a university in Florida, and he's saying that his his particular institution that he works for is not allowing them to advertise on TikTok for whatever reason. So is there a type, but although, you know, that seems like the target demo, right, age-wise and, and interest-wise and just looking to target there, are there any particular businesses that TikTok is looking to draw in with the, are they looking to advert, like, are there certain businesses or brands or types of businesses they're looking for? Is this just open to anyone? I think it's open to anyone right now. But I think when I look back for, you know, everybody who hasn't, doesn't know who I am, I've been on TikTok before it was Musical.ly. Like I was on Musical.ly doing campaigns. I've been able to see (laughs) the kind of how they've kind of come up in a little bit, you know? So early in the stages, they wanted to do kind of like the Facebook model, go to the colleges, get the young people, go to the high schools, get the young crowd on. But it seems like there's a slight shift. And I think it also has to do with the atmosphere right now, politically and the privacy and all that stuff. It looks like they're trying to capture more of the audience from like 30 to 55, more of the brick and mortars, more of the small businesses. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if the parents are like, oh, I don't want my daughter on there, but then they go on it and they're like, you know, advertising the business, they're having fun, they're creating cool content. I think, you know, naturally you're going to be a little bit more open to it. Whereas before it might've been like, I don't understand that. Kind of like Snapchat. A lot of older adults are like, I'm getting on Snapchat. That's for college kids. Then people got on it who are an older demographic and they love the filters. They love doing all the little, right. you know, looking like you're a baby or an older. So I think TikTok is kind of following a similar model. So I think right now where they're really trying to target is more the older demographic, the older age group. One, they have money. Two, you know, if they're kind of on the fence, they're going to be like, oh no, I'm on TikTok too. I'm enjoying it. You should maybe check it out to their friends and their colleagues. Or you know, if you're a PTA mom and you just mentioned that, you know, 20 moms can hear that. 
now that kind of filters down amongst all the crowd and stuff like that. So I think they're very, very intelligent with their strategy in terms of how they're adopting people, how they're getting them on with more of like how the mindset and how the uh, understanding of the platform is going to be as people evolving. Like I'm older, you two look older. You're not like in your teens, you know? So yeah, I think it's a little bit more they're geared towards the small business owners. Plus, I think also... I don't want to say that they're opportunistic in a negative way, but with right. COVID happening, businesses are shifting online. It's no coincidence that they probably come out with this self-serving ads platform to everybody because it's like, hey, people are suffering. There's no coincidence that they $100 million towards helping small businesses get on the platform. Facebook did it early in its days, the same thing, offering credit. So yeah, right. I think it's, um, yeah, they're, t- they're definitely targeting that older demographic right now. So the question I have, so there's... Um you know, we'll talk about the political stuff in a bit, but there are trust issues with some of these new advertisers coming on simply because it's one, it's a new platform. And one executive at a major ad agency said like, TikTok needs to make clear to advertisers what it will do if if the chance is more than zero that ads could show up next to harmful content, which is kind of a big deal. And you mentioned this, uh, you know, especially bricks and mortar coming on board with this. So what safeguard does TikTok have in place for this? You know, how are they going to assure advertisers that it's not just beneficial, but brand safe, I guess, to be on the platform? Yeah, that's a really good question. Now, I, I don't want to answer from like, I know for a fact, because I right. don't work on TikTok, I'm not affiliated. So I don't want to say this is their strategy or this is what they're doing. I'm sure, you know, I could be wrong in some areas. But one thing that I've noticed is that TikTok, again, going back to the ad approval, is very strict with their content. If you're a person on TikTok that's created some video, you probably had something taken down, something shadow banned, something kind of suppressed because they gave you a reason. You're showing too much skin. You're inciting violence. And most of the time, you're not probably doing anything at all. There's a woman I was talking to where she was just working out with her baby. And they said that you have a child on screen and you're exploiting it. And they're like, it's, it's my baby. Like, what are you talking about? You know? So mm-hmm. the first thing I would say is their moderation team is pretty, pretty intense, just organically with content, put it up on the for you page. Now, obviously some slip through the cracks. I can't remember the exact number. I want to say it's something like the high million. I think it was like 49 million or something like that from December to May, I believe pieces of content were deleted from TikTok where they just said it violated the terms of services. They're like pretty transparent about what they were while they deleted. So in that sense, one, I would say the organic, it's always, always, always being deleted and being moderated Two, from the ad serving platform. When you actually go to do your ad, one of the things you can add is you can add tags into it. So you can put kind of keywords that you think are most associated with your actual content itself. So if I'm uploading like, you know, AirPods, but AirPods, iPhone, Apple products, just like that. And it'll kind of feed into the organic aspect of the algorithm on TikTok. And it'll show it to those people that, you know, more likely to engage with it, more likely to consume that content, more likely to post that content, use that hashtag. So it's appropriately shown to the audience that you really, really ideally would want to be shown to. The other thing I would say, it's kind of obvious, but the algorithm on TikTok is really, really, really good. I don't know if you guys have been on TikTok and just messed around with it. Right. You might see something where you're like, I never thought I would be interested in that, or I am interested in it. How do they even know? It's really very clever at finding what people like, what people don't like. At the same time, it's really good at understanding which audience should see this content, whether it's a young demographic, like, you know, a tween or a teenager, and then an older demographic. So when I see ads on my phones, I have... Most people don't know I have 32 accounts on TikTok. So I have like wow. phones over my, my desk right now. Um, but when I go on each different account, I'm seeing very, very different types of content. And with that, I see very different types of ads that I will never see on my other phone just because they're just really, really good at curating. So if you're a brand and you're kind of, or 
I guess a business or a company, you're kind of on the fence of like, I want to make sure that my ads are being shown to the appropriate people. And I don't want it to be next to someone who's, you know, showing nudity or cursing or something like that. Right. I would honestly say you don't really probably have that much to worry about. And if I'm being, you know, just completely general, it's probably no worse than what Facebook or Instagram is going to have. Gotcha. So TikTok has grown to 50 million monthly active users worldwide over the past year and is growing daily. So they made their first appearance at the IAB's New Front events this past June. Katie Purris urged brands that your videos don't need to be perfect. They don't need to be polished like they have to be on other platforms, but they do need to be fun. And the big quote coming out of the event was, don't make ads, make TikToks, mm. right? So, and then they also uh, kind of scaled this back and mentioned that one of the downsides on TikTok for marketers, particularly, was the measurement capabilities, which they, well, you know, I should say lack of measurement capabilities in comparison to the robust capabilities that you see on Facebook and Instagram. And during the event, they did say that they're working with a lot of third-party measurement providers, beta testing different solutions. So um, talk to us about this downside, like what can advertisers track and measure? What they what can they expect in terms of performance and and how should they approach their presence on TikTok? Yeah, it's a really good question. I will say, you know, it's still in the infancy stage. So, you know, more or less the reporting, it's a little bit I don't know, like old school Facebook. It's more on par with what you'll get with Snapchat right now. Now, I've noticed that in the last month or so, they've added new things, new metrics, new new areas in which you can kind of grab data from. So it seems like they're improving very quickly. Like the TikTok pixel two months ago, no offense, TikTok was just garbage. It was not good. It didn't really work that well. But now they've really doubled down. They fixed the pixels. They've been able to actually help you get more accurate data. So yeah, I would say like, you know, if, if you're looking for the same kind of, measurement tools or reporting that you would get from Facebook, it's really not there yet. Think about Facebook, you know, when it was still the power editor days for anybody who runs ads. It's kind of right there right now. Now, um, in terms of like third-party tools that you can use, one thing is that TikTok really hasn't opened up their API to, you know, more people or like more brands or companies or, you know, technologies or whatever. So it's a little bit limited right now. One that I've been testing that I think is really, really good is Vidmob, V-I-D-M-O-B.com. Mm-hmm. Um, not affiliate with them in any way, but the way that they're able to accurately track what's going on in the ad is really, really good. Like just to give you some preference or some idea of it is that um, if you run a TikTok ad, let's say it's 30 seconds, they'll be able to show you at what point did you get a drop off? What point did they hit the text? What point did they read the text? And they'll also tell you like, oh, your text at 15 seconds, whatever was in your video, that seemed to get people off or that seemed to get people to not be interested and stuff like that. You can split test the cover images and all that. So that's one that I've been using for ads a little bit more consistently because it's given me more rich data that I would normally be able to get on Facebook. You know, if you go look through your Facebook videos, you can see like what people dropped off or when they were engaged or whatever. Um, VidMob seems to do a pretty good job at making sure that they can give you the most amount of accurate data in combination with what you already get on TikTok. Um, But yeah, if you open up TikTok and just kind of look at the reporting, it's pretty good (laughs) considering that it's brand new. Um, In my opinion, it's better than what the competitors were and their early days in the same type of time frame, you know? So you can see the targeting, you can see the time by day, the settings, you know, how it performed, you know, all the normal things, the click-through rates, CPAs, and all that stuff. But it's still relatively new. 
I would suspect around December is when you'll get that really robust version of it, mostly because, you know, it's had a little bit of time. It's got some feedback, looked at their data. and I'm like, okay, they want this. They want that. They don't want this. Um, plus the TikTok pixel, it's still new. So they don't really have oh, it yeah. connected and webbed in like Facebook. Cause at Facebook, you log into every, usually any app or platform through Facebook, that's data for them to be able to tell you, Hey, this is what they're doing. Where TikTok pixels, that's not really existing yet in terms of like, you know, firing events and stuff. So yeah, a little bit still new to it, but I think you'd be surprised if you're a person who runs ads at how good it is for literally just rolling out. You're like, oh, wow, this kind of has exactly what I need. Maybe just this those little bells and whistles you don't really have yet. Gotcha. So here's a great question from Irene. She goes, should our ads be fun, happy dance ads to capture attention of the target audience? I mean, most consumers are at TikTok for the fun video contents, which kind of ties into this, like this whole don't make ads, make TikTok, you know, and the, and the main message to brands is to understand the platform before running ads, or at least it should be, and it mm-hmm. needs to be original and authentic. But so what makes TikTok kind of unique to all that? Should advertisers really like approach it differently? Because I've also read some articles that like the creative team, you know, needs to spend a little bit more time creating TikToks than say like, you, you know, a Facebook ad. So do you have like a, an estimate on time? Because I mean, you blew my mind when you said you had like 15 phones right in front of you. So, but uh, yeah, how, how long does it take you to make like a good quality, well-performing TikTok ad. Real quick for someone to ask why I have so many phones. I, I have my own accounts right? and I just like to get more data. So I don't gotcha. like to make decisions based off of one account. I just look at, you know, random ones that I have just like, oh, that works. That doesn't work. So that when gotcha. I give these answers, hopefully they're pretty good. You know what I mean? They're like from a good, well-rounded place. Right. As far as your question though, about the TikTok ads, I think the biggest, absolute biggest mistakes I'm seeing advertisers or marketing agencies or anybody who's really on the platform to run their ads, they do not know the ecosystem of TikTok. For anybody who first jumps on TikTok, it's a little overwhelming. You're like, what's going on? Why are all these people doing this weird dance? It doesn't make sense. But once you're on it for about, you know, an hour or so, you'll start to pick up on the subtle nuances of how TikTok is different from Facebook. TikTok's all about community. Like it's all user-generated content. And from that, people feel like they want to participate and engage and create content willingly. Like you'll see big brands on there promoting, you know, their shoes or something. And you'll see, you know, 300,000 videos being made. You're like, Mm -hmm. they don't realize that the 300,000 brand ambassadors that people are putting out and they're happily doing so because it's part of that atmosphere. So the biggest thing I would say is when you get on TikTok, really consume the content. I'm not saying you got to sit there and get addicted to it and spend hours and hours, but just look at how content's created, how messaging is like formed, how people are getting their like dialogue out and their ideas. Because if you're going to go and put your Facebook ad and your Instagram ad on TikTok, it's absolutely going to tank. It's just going to fail. Mm. Now there might be some, you know, that are kind of do a little bit better than others, but if you have a square video, it's not going to do that well. It's nine by 16 format. It's really about organic content and really trying to embrace what TikTok is and what makes it different in the actual ads itself versus trying to brute force your way in and be like, oh, I have this ad. It converted really good because it has this really good production. It doesn't work like that. I think one thing, if I can add on to it too, is that when you go on TikTok, all the content isn't really well done. There's not crazy lighting like this. It's, you know, right. people on the bed just doing funny videos. So if you have this very polished video, it stands out that it's an ad. It's so blatantly obvious where I should be looking at the ads myself because I should be seeing what my, you know, quote unquote competition is doing. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I swipe out of it myself because I'm like, that's an ad. And I just go away. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. But if you notice, and maybe you guys can just, you know, favorite all of the ads that you like, the ones that you'll probably favorite and save, they're the ones that caught you off guard. You're like, is this a 
TikTok. Oh, it's an ad. That hesitation made you stay a little bit longer and made it a little bit more fun where you're like, okay, this looks more native to the actual platform. So to really answer your question, I know I'm kind of rambling there. Um, what should your ad be? I would say whatever your targeted demographic and audience is, go search them up, organically look at what the top profiles are, see where the top trends are, see whatever hashtag is, see what those videos are, and really just try to replicate and emulate whatever's in that content. So if I'm a talking about meditation, maybe I need to talk about, you know, singing bowls because that's mm. what it is. Or I might hit the singing bowls and then be like, you know what? This isn't working out. You should download the app. It has singing bowls on it. That's something that's going to be a little right. bit more native versus just being download this app, install it. You're going to be a guru the next day or a meditative guru. It's not going to work. Um, gotcha. Just really understanding the fundamentals of what TikTok is and then trying to apply it. And then time-wise, honestly, this sounds really funny. I'm working with someone right now where they had these crazy ads done. Like I'm talking about 50,000 ad budget for one day of shooting. And the ads that we did, I was like, literally do this. And they went and shot on their phones like five minutes, 10 minutes. Right. Came back, that ad is performing immensely better than the ones where it was like overproduction. They're kind of mad because like, dude, we just spent all this money yeah. like for YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. But on TikTok, it really is organic. Keep it simple. Don't try to overdo it. If you're a brand and you don't know how to do this, go find influencers, go find creators, pay them a flat rate. Be like, hey, you know, we need some ads. What would you do? You're in our target demo. You know this space. Let them do it. They're going to probably come with a video that doesn't make sense to you. It's fine. They know what they're doing. They get millions of views. They know how right. to curate an audience. Just push that over to organic or to paid, and then you'll do really, really well. Gotcha. Well, I have some comments. Sylvia goes, it really is addictive. And KM Robinson says, I studied TikTok for three hours one night and got it. Uh, taking the time to study is important. So I think that's what you were talking about. So KM Robinson asked over on YouTube, what is the ideal time frame for ad on TikTok? Is there a certain like length or you know that you have seen perform really well? Yeah, for me, the sweet spot's about six to 12 seconds. Generally speaking, if you're creating content on TikTok, though, organically, you want to have eight to 15 seconds. That seems to be the sweet spot. Um, I, I mean, I can get into that later, more of the algorithm and why mm -hmm. that is. But yeah, if it's an ad, really try to keep it short. Those first two to three seconds is going to be crucial. It's obvious. It's like that for every other platform. But TikTok is even more so because the way you consume content is if you don't like TikTok, all you do is go like this. That's it. It's just a very quick swipe. Mm. And you're used to getting like, you know, a little dopamine hit of seeing something fun, right. something informational, something curious. So if you're not captivating in those first two or three seconds, you're going to have a very, very bad swipe, swipe through rate. People are just going to be like, nope, nope, don't care anymore. Um, so again, it goes back to that. Don't make it overproduced. Don't do all this crazy stuff because people will know that's an ad and they're literally just going to swipe away and just get out of it. So you want to kind of have something fun, a little more organic. There's ads that trick me all the time where I'm like, who's this girl? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> there okay, you go. Yeah. And I've been sitting there for six seconds and now I'm curious. And then, you know, the little landing page pops up and says, do you want to watch it? Do you want to visit the website and stuff like that? So yeah, try to keep it short. Really try to hook them in. If you have any kind of background in Snapchat ads, I would say it's almost the exact same formula as TikTok. Okay. Snapchat ads, Nobody likes Snapchat ads. I hate them. But when I see something good, and it captures me. I'm like, all right, let me see what this is all about. And I'll go to it and check it out. So yeah, try to make it short, concise, but really captivate, you know, do some really good hook or call to action. Like, yo, you look ugly today. You'd be like, wait, what? what? So it, just, it just grabs you. <laughs> and at least they stayed for four more seconds and then you keep moving on. And gotcha. hopefully, you know, 
you look ugly because you're not. You're beautiful and blah, blah. And then maybe it's a beauty line or something. That's gotcha. a bad example. That's kind of rude, but hopefully you kind of get what I'm saying. Gotcha. Yeah. So what, first of all, know your platform. And then two, it's like you have to hit them instantly and hook them. So that's some great takeaways. So Grace, we mentioned earlier that they're really trying to get these brick and mortars. And I was surprised because the demographic was higher than, you know, Michael had mentioned that, you know, up to, was it, do you say 50, I think? I mean, that's uh, that's a big range. And I that surprised me. So they're coming out with some, uh, some new stuff for brands and business. So tell us about this new uh, thing that they're doing for this marketing hub or whatever. Yeah, it's called TikTok for Business, and it is their central hub for all of the platform's current and future marketing solutions. So in this hub, you'll find their portfolio of new ad products, one, of course, being the self-serve ad platform we just discussed, and then other tools like the Creator Marketplace. They'll also go into brand takeovers and tools that you can use, like the hashtag challenges and the branded effects, which are 2D and 3D and AR stickers, cool ways that you could use them other cool tools that uh, TikTok is offering. They're also put a e-learning center there with product guides, resources, case study, best practices. So it is at least designed to be the place you go if you're really interested in creating these ads and just figuring out what TikTok has to offer. But for those people in our audience who may not be as familiar with TikTok as you, Michael, tell us about these branded takeovers and these hashtag challenges. Like, what are they and how do they work? Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So if I could just back up real quick, going back to the ad part, there's the fixed bias, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. the one we're going to talk about right now. And there's the auction. So for the self-serving, that's the auction pool. You know, you put up an ad, you say what you'll pay for whatever, but the ones that we're talking about right now are fixed buys and that's in-feed videos, brand takeovers, like you just mentioned, top view, hashtag challenges or branded hashtag challenge, what they call it now, and then branded effects, which is, you know, AR filters and all that stuff. But more specifically in the hashtag challenges, it's, it's this weird thing that I don't think I've ever really seen before on any other platform where a brand can create a challenge. So if I can use an example that maybe everybody's familiar with, a few years ago, there was the whole ice bucket challenge where right. everybody, you know, they poured water on themselves and then they nominated three people and all that good stuff. The thing that was different about the ice bucket challenge was that people did it in their own kind of style. So maybe people jumped in a pool, maybe in their front yard, maybe this, all this variations. It was maybe well, it allowed you to kind of be expressive and be creative in your own way and get your own kind of message or style out. In the same exact way, that's more or less what a hashtag challenge is, is where there's a challenge that's presented both organically that just naturally performs on the platform and then the paid one. So, you know, Chipotle did one recently. Well, not recently, about a year ago with the flip challenge where you hit the, the lid of a Chipotle lid on the little bowl and it would flip over and land on it, which was very simple, very basic. But what people were doing was they took it and they were to do their own version of it. Maybe they did it with their mom. Maybe they did it on top of the car. Maybe they did it at the restaurant. They did it in a comedic style and a more informational style and stuff like that. So what the hashtag challenge really lets you do is it allows you to create content at mass that challenges people to create more user-generated content to participate, to engage, and to actually, you know, be a part of the messaging and be a part of like, I guess, like this community that's kind of being created from the paid standpoint. Because again, on TikTok, that's kind of what the platform is predicated on is these challenges. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's something like 50% of the people that are on TikTok that are creating content have participated in some form or another in a challenge. It's just how the platform works and how it's promoted. I think the engagement rate is like 85%. People, if they see it, will actually engage with the content, you know, duet it, do their own version of it. So yeah, the challenges are really about taking an idea, 
asking other people to take a twist or do a twist on what their version of it will be. And that's pretty much it, which sounds kind of funny. It sounds so basic, but it really, really performs extremely, extremely good. Maybelline did one. I think they ranked up like almost 4 billion views to their content and had hundreds of thousands of videos made. So if you think about it, how, how much would it cost you to have 300,000 people, right. even though it's fun, be like, oh, hashtag challenge iPhone and I'm talking on my phone. But 300,000 people now have showed it as fun, engaging, you know, cool, curious. And a lot of that content gets filtered out to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, right. YouTube. And again, I'm just talking about Twi- like TikTok specifically, but that content gets filtered to other social platforms. So it really, really skyrockets into some way that you wouldn't really see otherwise, you know? A question from Alina over on LinkedIn. How does the brand takeover work? So we talked about the challenges. I mean, so with that Chipotle example that you used earlier, is that a brand takeover or is that something different? So that's a brand takeover. Now there's two ways that, the reason why it works so good is that challenges just naturally happen on the platform. So if you're a paid brand and you're slipping in this in there, it's not like the ASL challenge, the ice bucket challenge, Mm -hmm. where it was so random and just like, what is this doing? On TikTok, that's just natural. So if you're a brand, it's very easy to weave your, your paid challenge in where it doesn't come off as disingenuous. It doesn't come off as like paid. It's like, oh, maybe this is just a new challenge and people will do it. Uh, One kind of little tip is that if it is a paid challenge, a paid, you know, hashtag challenge, and you do create content using that challenge or that hashtag or participating in that, it does seem that you get a for you page boost where your content will be shown to more people because TikTok wants their brands and advertisers to get, you know, really good results. So it's like, hey, if you're doing the Chipotle challenge, we're going to support it. So you might get a little bit of a boost. Um, in terms of how the actual process works, though, you have to work one-on-one with like actual TikTok. This isn't something you can set up by yourself. Gotcha. You have to go talk to an actual TikTok rep Full disclosure, I can't technically tell you how much we paid for ours, but it's somewhere between 75000 to 150000 a day to run these challenges. So they're not cheap. <laughs> like right. You're a big brand and you got to push it. But the really beautiful thing about it is that you don't really need to run this challenge paid-wise for a long time. You can do it for a few days. And because of how TikTok naturally is, it would just kind of take off on its own if the challenge is fun, if it's engaging, if it's interesting, if you have the right things in place for it to kind of get momentum and steam. But you don't have to run them that long. You just set it up, get some people to do it, and then organically, just because, again, how the platform works, it'll just kind of take a life on its own. So, again, going back to, like, the Levi one, there was one where it's, like, um, in my Levi's, where everybody was just wearing denim jeans. They only ran it for a small period of time, but then it just took off, and everybody wanted to do it. Celebrities were on it. Maybe they hired some influencers behind the scenes to do it. But you don't really need to kind of keep it going for very long. Um, Yeah, you just work with TikTok, you talk about the challenge. They'll help you set it up. They'll walk you through the process. They might give you some ideas. They'll like you know connect you with one of the creator teams, and then you can kind of come up with something that hopefully will do really well on TikTok. And honestly, if you're doing the branded hashtag challenge, you know some will obviously do way better than others. But you know most of the time they, they, you kind of kill it. It's really really easy because it's natural to the platform. It's not this unnatural thing that's happening. So let's say you didn't have fifty to one hundred fifty thousand dollars to do a branded hashtag challenge of small yeah. business, like small business. So would you suggest for those uh, small businesses who wanted to start having a presence on TikTok and getting out there to join challenges already going on? Would that be a way to get some of that, I guess, challenge love or something like that? Yeah, I mean, if you're a small business and you're trying to curate your own challenge, you might find it a little bit difficult because you need to have some kind of a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Now, it does happen, obviously. Like, there's a lot of small businesses or brands that just take off overnight. We see with music artists. I mean, Little Nas X, no one knew who he was. Now he's the number one Billboard chart holder right. of all time. 
mostly all came from TikTok and Twitter, which is kind of insane, you know? He didn't have the budget of Drake and he's beat Drake, you know, it's kind of crazy. But if you are a small business owner, I would say instead of just trying to create your own, I would actively participate in ones that are kind of relative to my niche and that is actually going to resonate with my audience. So if it's a challenge of you doing a handstand, maybe that's not best for you, you know? But if it's a challenge of you cooking something or being creative or explaining or interacting with your kids in your restaurant, maybe that's a challenge that you can participate in. And maybe you can kind of like, you know, do some kind of brand advocacy for yourself. Like, oh, hey, you know, we're a small restaurant. This is our thing. This is how we do it. You can kind of get into the ecosphere of TikTok and blow up from it. Um, there's someone in one of my Facebook groups where they literally just shouted out a, like a restaurant they were at and showed just a behind the scenes real quick. And they said that they were flooded with new customers this last month and that they're all coming from TikTok because people that are local seen it and were like, oh, I got to go check out that Waffle House. That's pretty awesome what they have. They have like video games basically that's in the actual mm -hmm. restaurant where you eat on one of those old school pack oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. on top of it. So it's really cool. It's like, oh, that's pretty random. A lot of younger kids, because it was big on TikTok, wanted to go into that place shoot a TikTok, get on Instagram, like, yo, I'm here at this place or whatever. So right. if you are a small business owner, I would say one thing is participate in the trends. Two, what you should really know, and I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but I think it's important, is that TikTok, when you upload content, is distributed locally first. So mm. when you put up a content, a piece of content in your small town, that area city-wise is the first people that see it, then state, then country, then region. So if you do put out a piece of content, you could literally be like, hey, I'm over here at blah, blah, blah. You don't have to worry about people in Japan seeing it. It's not going to hit there unless you go mega viral. I'm talking about 20 million or something. Mm -hmm. That's when you get into the other parts of the world. So if you are a small business owner, honestly, even if you don't get millions of views and go viral, people locally will see it. And one of the biggest, biggest ones that are growing right now on TikTok, and you guys should remember this on the record, <laughs> is local foodie people. They're blowing up very quickly because of what's happening with COVID. They're taking advantage of him. Like, hey, this restaurant's open. It's local. It's a small little hidden gem. And you'll see on those videos, they might not be super big. They might have only 300,000 views. But if you look at the comments, the comments are insane. Like thousands of comments. Like, dude, I love it there. I want to go there, et cetera. And if you're a brand or a restaurant that's local, you could use that content and shout it out and be like, Guess we're going viral and you can run an ad with it and you can maybe promote it or hire influencers to talk about it, hire influencers that come locally to check you out. So there's a lot of stuff that you could do on TikTok that's really, really good that I think if you're a small business owner and a brand, think long term because it's still early days. You could stake your flag in the ground and be like, hey, we were the first Waffle House in LA to do this. Mm. One thing that most people don't know, there's a whole other app in China called Douyin, which is separate from TikTok. Douyin's two years ahead of TikTok. Wow. If you want to see any new features that's coming out from TikTok, go download Douyin, check it out. In Douyin, they have a local ranking, like exactly as on Instagram. So you can rank locally by city, by region, by restaurants, by category. So if you're one of those early business owners that are doing it now, in the future, you're going to be the number one in Los Angeles. You're going to be the number one for sushi or whatever. And again, you know, they have phone numbers connected to the business accounts like I have on Instagram. So hopefully that very was cool. a very long. No, that was great. So <laughs> I love the handstand challenge. So here's a great question over on Facebook. And she goes, is there a way to measure, compare engagements like likes, shares, challenges, et cetera, to actual purchases of a product or service? So I guess the, the thing is like with these ads and everything we've been talking about with the challenges, all this stuff, is there a way to get good metrics on that? Can you actually go back to your boss and go, hey, here's the ROI that I'm getting for selling this? 
It's a little bit difficult right now. I'll be completely honest. I think the atmosphere of TikTok right now isn't with like the purchase behavior of Instagram and Facebook. It's still new. I mean, people are still like hesitant on even just creating a TikTok. So it's still in its like infancy stages. So for paid, obviously you can, you know, you can track, you can track things and attribute it to the ad because you see the pixel firing and the conversion events and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Organically, it's a little bit troubling, a little bit difficult. The way that I've been able to measure it myself with other influencers that I work with and brands is that when we run a certain campaign organically on TikTok, we can see when a video spikes up. And then it's pretty obviously obvious when we go attribute the sales and we look at the traffic source. It doesn't say TikTok right now unless you have a pixel added, obviously. But when you look at the traffic source and you see a huge spike, you can you know kind of look at all of your social channels and be like, okay, on the 5th, that TikTok video went viral. We had these comments, shares, engagements. We went and looked at our actual products and our sales. And then coincidentally, around that exact same time frame, when we got this other traffic source, there was a huge bump in sales. So mm. you could do it indirectly, but in terms of very specifically being like, look, here's that you know actual firing or here's right. that tracking or here's that click. It's still kind of rudimentary, to be honest. Gotcha. I don't think the majority of people honestly click the link in the bio. I, I'm just being completely honest here to go purchase the ad or to purchase the product. Um, one of them recently was this self-washing washer for your clothes that you put in like a small bedroom or a small apartment oh, yeah, yeah. and it took off. I think they had like 300,000 shares, but I didn't go click the link in bio. I didn't care enough to go to the bio and click it. I just went on Amazon and looked it up because it was easier for right, me. Right. But when I did that for about a month and a half, they've been sold out consistently over mm. and over and over again. And when I looked at, if anybody's in, you know, Amazon tracks like that, when I went and looked at their actual, the records of, you know, like what was their actual sales and what's their average, it was like this. And then it just spiked up instantly around the exact same time that this blew up on TikTok. So uh, there's a lot yeah. of like subtle ways that you have to track it, unfortunately. Um, but I do suspect as time goes on in the next year or so that social commerce is going to be very, very big on TikTok. Again, going back to Douyin, the other version of it, social commerce is massive on, on Douyin, which is coming to TikTok. So they've kind of introduced that with, you know, you go live, you can kind of pay people, give them gifts mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I love your stuff. They've done it now with more the deals. I can't remember the name of it right, right now. Right. You can basically like, if you're a brand, you can give away stuff, you know, right, right. Cards, money, stuff like that. So they're slowly introducing it. They've introduced on beta tests an actual post itself that you can put a link in it. So when you click the link in the actual post, it'll bring up the shopping cart. There's a lot of functionality that's on Douyin where you can notice people are really purchasing and it's slowly trickling into TikTok. So you'll probably, you'll probably start to see in the next year that purchasing through the app is going to be more of a natural thing where right now it's a little bit odd. Like I don't want to click the link in, but right. I don't care. Well, gotcha. when they partner with speculatively Shopify or Amazon for their e-commerce stores, then you'll be like, Oh, well I yeah. love her, her top. I want to click it. Oh, I could buy it one step click button right here. Cool. I just purchase it. And that's what I think you're going to really quickly attribute the sell. So again, going back to what I said earlier with the local businesses, if you are trying to sell stuff online, I'm not saying go all in on TikTok, but start to pay attention to it. So when those other parts come into the more organic aspect of selling things, you're ready and you're prepared and you know what working so that you can just really dominate it and honestly right. just kill it early on instead of, you know, keep playing catch up three, four years from now, like how a lot of people are doing with Instagram and Facebook right. ads. So um, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room because even Shelly goes, hey, are TikTok security concerns valid? And so, Grace, break this news. That, I mean, there was even stuff out yesterday about this, and I, we're going to get Michael to comment on this. But uh, break down the news that we have for this uh, stuff that the U.S. Is, is talking about doing. 
Yeah, so White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows told reporters this last Wednesday that there are a number of administration officials who are looking at the national security risk as it relates to TikTok, WeChat, Douyin, and a dozen other apps coming out of China, specifically as it relates to gathering information about U.S. consumers, U.S. citizens, and selling that data to other governments or to the Chinese government. There's been talk about banning the app for weeks now, especially after TikTok was banned in India. And now we're hearing that it's only a matter of weeks as opposed to something that I believe as of last week, it was something where they were considering looking into it. And so I think a lot of people, obviously, in our comments here are questioning about this possible ban. As someone who I know has been following the story very closely, do you think users and businesses should be concerned? If I can go on a little bit of a rant here, a little bit of a tangent, I really want to unpack this in a very intelligent way. Okay, so one, should you be concerned about the ban? I would honestly say that it's not likely to happen. Personally, I've spent a lot of time behind the scenes for the last couple of years seeing how these companies are shifting and moving. I would honestly say it's more of a geopolitical move and it's not so much the app itself, which I can kind of get into. Uh, But for the ban, if you're on here and like, I don't want to spend so much time on the app if it's going to get banned, I honestly don't really foresee that happening in America. I will 100% say that there's going to be a massive shift of how it's created, how you know it's ran, where things are going and all that stuff because something has to happen. They can't just keep doing the same thing and right. you know hoping that it's just going to be different. Um, in terms of security concerns, which I think is like the biggest thing right now that people are asking, should you be concerned? I'll say yes, but with this little kind of like, you know, post-it note or whatever, I wouldn't be any more concerned in terms of your privacy and data as all the other big companies that are out there. I love Facebook, but we all know Facebook had its history. YouTube's had its history. Twitter, just, I mean, just every day, something pretty amazing happened on Twitter where if, you know, you're kind of concerned about data, Twitter. Yeah, take that blue checks. That's what you get. Well, you know, Jack outright said that there isn't a tool to suppress content and then Revealed that there actually is a tool that is there. So I don't think that, you know, TikTok is any different from other platforms that are out there in terms of privacy and data. They're all more or less doing the same thing. I think the really big difference, though, here is that it's a Chinese-owned company. I don't want to say Chinese-owned company. The company was ran and created in China, is out of China now for the most part. But, you know, it's a Chinese-based business versus an American or a Western-based business. So I think to really kind of understand is that, you know, we're kind of in this cold war of data and information right now. Like, you know, there is this kind of split of internet from one side to the other. And I think it really is more of a positioning play for America to be like, hey, if we can't introduce our apps and our businesses into China, then you're not allowed to come into our market and, you know, dominate and make money off it, which I honestly, I love TikTok. I think it's an amazing platform, but I think that's completely fair for the American government. Like, if we don't get to play, you don't get to play. And if you want to play on our rules or play on our ground, you got to play on our rules. Totally makes sense. But yeah, I think it's a little bit more about geopolitics. I think one thing that happened recently that was very interesting to me is that, although it was funny, there was a lot of TikTokers who were like, oh, let's go register for Trump's rally and let's drive up Mm -hmm. the numbers. And Trump was really excited. I don't care about politics. I don't want to get into politics at all. But they were promoting like, oh, we got a million people signed up. Unfortunately, when the day came, right. there wasn't that many people there. I mean, there was a good amount of people there, but it wasn't the number that they thought they were. Ha ha, funny. 
But actually, it wasn't. What it really said is that we can manipulate politics in America again, the same way that Facebook was able to do it through Facebook ads or not Facebook itself, but foreign interests, you know. So I think for like, you know, any administration, that was kind of something where it's like, oh, They're gonna I don't really down. know if I like that because that's something that could possibly persuade voters like that. Again, don't care about politics. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but mm-hmm. I think that was kind of. A funny thing, but also like, oh, whoa, whoa, we just put a gigantic target on the government or from the government right. saying, yo, we don't like what you got going on there, you know? So in terms of like, you know, should you be concerned with the data? I would say no. And I might be biased here, but from all my research, all the conversations I've had with TikTok themselves for the last year or two where people, you know, maybe weren't paying attention to certain things. It was just recently announced that uh, TikTok are moving their servers and they're buying cloud servers from Google, $800 million deal. Everybody's talking about that. That deal was done back in, I think, March or May. I can't remember, one of the two. It's one of the M's, March or May, last year. So there was already this kind of like direction of we need to get all of our stuff off of the Asian market, you know, whether China, Singapore, Mm -hmm. move it all over to America. Just now this is coming to light, which I thought was kind of funny because I'm like, this this was a move that they made a long time ago, maybe in anticipation for these things where, again... This is just my my little speculation, mm-hmm. but if you're TikTok and you have almost a billion dollar contract with Google, and now Google has to make the decision to take you off their store for you know Androids, that's a weird a weird position for Google now, where it's like, well, we lose a billion dollars in revenue, right. or now we got to kind of lobby and be like, you know what? They're on yeah. our store. We're we're hosting all their cloud servers. We have their data. We can show you now. It's kind of a nice little chess move where now it's like, look. Mm-hmm. All of our stuff is open. You could go look at. Go talk to Google. Don't you trust Google, right? Well, our stuff's on Google. There you go. So you mentioned that they're, you know, they're moving to Google. So, but what about? And we got a couple minutes left. I want to get your thoughts on this. Is so, you know, Facebook owned Instagram, and it's been testing its own version of TikTok around the world called Instagram Real. So just ask Snapchat how uh, <laughs> Facebook takes things. So. <laughs> Now that TikTok's like under the scrutiny, which we just talked about, and Facebook's like, you can tell they're speeding up reels to more than mm-hmm. 50 companies in the in the coming weeks, including the U.S. And the TechCrunch actually said we should see it in early August, which is kind of incredible. So do you think reels is a serious threat to TikTok or a safer alternative that maybe marketers should be considering? I think marketers should be considering any platform, to be completely honest. There's a lot of apps out there that are similar to TikTok, and I think you should maybe not be on all of them, but check them out. Just see what's going on and where things are moving. In terms of like your actual question about Instagram Reels, is it a serious threat? I'm going to say right now, no, it's not at all. Because I think the consumption habits and the way that Instagram performs as a platform is very fundamentally different from TikTok. Instagram is really about creating a following and getting people to your following and knowing you and trusting you and signing up for who you are. And that's kind of it. Like your newsfeed Mm -hmm. is curated based off of what you have specifically said you want to see. Where TikTok... It's so random and so different. And the algorithm is so good at curating content that that's kind of the appeal with TikTok. You go on it. You don't know what you're going to get shown on the For You page. You see some random thing. For me, for existence, or for example, like there's this thing called um, noodling where you stick your hand in a hole and you have catfish bite your right. arm and you pull it out. Yeah. Never seen that before. Fully got addicted to it. Was like, I love this content. Never had any idea that I would like that. But TikTok was under, able to understand <laughs> from my habits, my interests and all that, that I would like that content. So in terms of Instagram Reels, I don't really foresee, at least right now, from what I've been able to use and test, because I actually have it on this phone over here that I've been testing out on. It doesn't seem to have the same appeal as TikTok because one, you have to go to the discovery 
Then you have to click Reels. Then you get to it. TikTok, you open it up and boom, you're just going to get the viral video all of a sudden. It's right. very easy to consume. Or Instagram, you have to go through all these steps. I think the other thing too is that what I think most people love about TikTok is that you're able to be yourself and you're able to do really weird things. You're able to be silly with your kids or you're able to you know, do a challenge that I think for most people would never do on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter because you're kind of judged a little bit. Like, why are you doing a dance challenge? Why are you doing the renegade? That's so weird. Like most people <laughs> don't feel comfortable doing that with their business colleagues, just seeing it or their family or friends were on TikTok. It's kind of like this little hidden gem. And when you get on it, like let's say you do some kind of funny dance challenge on Instagram. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? That's not on brand. <laughs> but on TikTok, yeah. consumption habits, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And it's almost like permission to do it. So I think even in that sense of consumption wise and creation wise, you kind of have this ability. It's yeah, permission to just be free and fun. Right? I don't think that's on Instagram yet. It's more serious. Like Instagram nowadays, it's like, it's kind of a landing page for business for the most part. Like you don't go right. do silly stuff. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't lead to better conversions. You have to be straightforward. Like I help business owners do that. It's not about you know, doing some random dance trends. So I think they could, if they're able to pivot really well, if they're able to bring more users on, if they're able to somehow adopt, like we were talking about earlier, that challenges aspect mm-hmm. on Instagram. I don't really see that happening, to be honest, unless they fundamentally change the platform in a very big way. Where Snapchat, that was easy. All I did was put up bubbles. And it's like, oh, you want to see more of the people that you already follow. It was the same motto. It's just day-to-day versus, you know, weekly curation. TikTok's more about... Gotcha. user-generated content, engaging with an existing trend, and really just honestly having fun. Like there's so many people that for business owners that are here right now who probably have hopped on TikTok, they say they got better at creating content for the other platforms because now they feel more free. They got better at storytelling. They got more like, I don't know, I don't know, just more connected to their audience, understanding like, oh, Grace is a mom and she also likes dancing or whatever. So if I do that video maybe I'll resonate with her. And most of the people will, cause it's like, Oh, you're just a human or on Instagram. Again, it's still more about right. that like perfect polished business thing. You know, that perfect photo, perfect copy, perfect caption. It just doesn't really yes. resonate with what they have on Sylvia TikTok, mentioned. So. I know you heard it here first. I'm a yeah. human being. Y'all. You're a human so being. I'm an yeah. <laughs> now, if you want so to do Michael- some catfish and come to East Texas. So Sylvia agrees with you. She goes, it's, it's not meant to grab people the same way talking about Instagram. It's more structured. So what were you going to say, yeah. Grace? I'm sorry. I cut you off. Yeah. So, Michael, you're talking about people's interests kind of splintering off into these different and into these different platforms. Do you think social media usage will continue to splinter off into other apps? For instance, like dancers like prefer things like Dub Smash. Young Gen Zers seem to like Bite. You know, my people are always going to be on Facebook. Right. (laughs) So do you see that this trend continuing, especially as many of these apps are under fire for whatever reason, right? So do you see people kind of moving into these little social media apps that are more specialized into different interests? Yeah, that's a really good question. I would say, yeah, I I think like maybe the fallacy in my mind that Facebook's trying to do, and they're trying to be everything, but they really can't. There's a certain thing that like LinkedIn is not trying to be TikTok. They're not trying to be YouTube. They're trying to be LinkedIn. And I think that when you go to these platforms, there's kind of this understanding of what you're going to get into. I was actually just doing some like Pinterest marketing and I was talking to this woman who's really good at it. She brought up a really good point. She's like, you know, when you go on Pinterest, your mind's open to learn. You want to receive information. You're more happy. You're more excited where it's not like that with other apps. And if you're trying to apply Pinterest tactics to Instagram, Instagram to Pinterest, it just doesn't work. So I think each platform has its own place. I do think obviously there'll be acquisitions where, you know, Facebook bought Instagram because they noticed that, you know, 
media was a bigger thing than written text like it was back in the day. And, you know, it made sense. They purchased it. But I think there's big juggernauts and those big juggernauts have their place. You know, I don't think there's going to be anybody that's going to replace YouTube anytime soon. The only thing I could think of maybe is if YouTube is more restrictive with their content and people start to get, you know, annoyed and like, you know what, I want more of a free open marketplace and I want to put up my opinions and thoughts and maybe something else comes from it. But I think that, you know, Facebook and Instagram is its own place. I think Twitter is its own place. Instagram is its own place. And I don't think that there's going to be too much of this, like, you know, absorption of everything in one. I mean, if you look at Google and you look at Facebook, they test stuff out all the time. And then a few months later, they just close it because it just didn't work. It was just, it didn't catch on because people go to Pinterest with an intention in mind that they just don't have on Facebook. Like I, I like LinkedIn for business. I am not on LinkedIn for groups. I LinkedIn groups to me now are terrible. They just don't have the same thing as Facebook groups. I'm mostly on Facebook because of Facebook groups. I'm on YouTube because I want to watch long form videos and I want to learn and listen to podcasts and stuff like that. So yeah, I think that each one has its own place in the marketplace. And I think maybe over time one might get, you know, acquire like Giphy did recently with Instagram and Facebook. But I think for the most part, if you're trying to, you know, market in different ways, there's different channels for different objectives and really just trying to figure out like which one should you be on for the end goal where I'm a big practitioner, just stay on two or three, mostly get those dialed in, get those refined, and then maybe you can open up a little bit and explore it. So for everybody who's on TikTok, just go check it out. If it doesn't make sense, then, you know, you don't really need to do it. But I think it is every platform you should really explore and see like, how can I really leverage this? How can I really utilize this in a way that's different from the other platforms I'm on in a way that maybe resonates to an audience type that's, mm-hmm. you know, more receptive to that thing. You know, YouTube's different than LinkedIn, but you know, your audience is on both. It's just, how do you communicate on each one right. that's more effective? Well, Michael, this has been just a, a fire hose of information about uh, TikTok, man. You uh, just our comments. A lot of people had some great comments and questions. And so uh, thank you guys so much for for all of those. And Michael, thank you so much for, man, all your um, your insights and the, the things that you've learned from your clients and, you know, talking with TikTok uh, themselves. So where can people if they want to know more about you, where can they find out more about Michael Sanchez? The easiest one I would say is just go to my Facebook group. Um, it's the largest one for TikTok marketing and business and tips and tricks. If you're trying to learn how to do it organically or if you're a business or brand trying to make money, uh, definitely check it out. It's just TikTok marketing secrets or you can go to tiktokfbgroup.com and it'll just redirect you to the actual Facebook group. That'll be the best because I'd rather you guys just learn some free information and see the results people are getting and how you can utilize it again for brand or organic or paid and stuff like that. There's a lot of information in there from a lot of people that are just regular people that have no following with influencers that are up to 10, 20 million followers in there. So you get like a good wide range of data and information and feedback. So that to me would be the best. I would rather you guys go there so you can hopefully get some good info. And then if you want to follow me, I'm obviously in there and you can find my profile and stuff like that. But yeah, that would be the best place for you guys. So, awesome. Michael, where can we find you on TikTok? So, that's a funny one, and you guys should probably laugh. I don't actually have a personal profile on TikTok. Uh-huh. But the main reason being is that I started doing all this stuff for clients. And so, all my data is just coming from clients. And I have my own accounts, obviously, but they're more of like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the YouTube Cash Cow accounts where you create an account mm-hmm. and you have the product. So, I personally am not on TikTok as my face, which I need to be. I create an account. I'm like, I should probably do it. But to be completely <laughs> honest, I'm a little bit more like, caught up with like clients and stuff and doing influence campaigns, ad strategies, and then working with brands. So yeah, if you go look at the the Facebook group though, you'll see a glimpse of myself and my clients and my accounts. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. It's not just this guy blowing smoke up. 
Right, you know, right, right, right. Gotcha. There is no doubt that you are not just a guy. You have the proven record, and I've been to your website, and I see all the recommendations from your clients. So you are the real deal, man. So trust me, the cobbler's children has no shoes. So yeah, ask me about my Instagram presence, right? Yeah. So. Well, it's funny, this whole TikTok thing. My whole background has been a behind-the-scenes player. So I've worked with mm-hmm. most of the big names that you guys all know, but I've been the person behind the scenes, quietly right. moving. Then this TikTok thing happened. People started asking me. So I'm actually pretty introverted. Like, I don't really do these type of calls and interviews. But now with the TikTok, I kind of put myself to the forefront. Where now I'm like, okay, I should probably do the YouTube channel. I should probably do all that stuff. (laughs) It's just not my natural way of going about it. So it's been a, a fun learning experience for myself. I'm like, you know what? Maybe don't be the behind the scenes guy behind these big players. Maybe you need to to be in more of the limelight and be like, hey, like. Yeah. This is what I know. Well, you, this is what I do. So. Well, you did a great job. And you guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure that you subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. And we have new episodes that are publishing every Saturday. And we'd love for you guys to leave a review because it lets us get the word out. Our next show is on Friday, July 24th, 2020 at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find us on LinkedIn Facebook and YouTube and wherever you are, you can find out what we'll be talking about and when we'll be talking about it on our weekly live show calendar. You can find that at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash live show at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash live show. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you, Michael Sanchez, for being in the limelight with us. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. It was fun. Bye, everybody. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.